every once in a while the comedy store has like their like five dollar special things. Uh-huh. And I was gonna go, but they didn't have the five dollar special for the Neil Brennan show, so I was like, fuck it. I have comedy store free tickets if you ever want some. Uh, fuck yeah, next time Neil Brennan's there. Get undressed, get on other sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. Okay, so ready? Yeah. Disclaimer, the views and opinions are not those of this establishment. Also, this establishment, including me, assumes no responsibility or liability for any loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of the massage or this establishment. Ta-da! All right, that part is done. Strongly agree. All right. (laughs) And on the table, I have... I am Alice Rose. I do stand-up comedy for free at the moment, but hopefully one day people will pay me to do it. Not hopefully. It's going to (laughs) happen. You are so awesome. I was so proud of you on Monday. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, I was like shaking. I think I told you this. Like, I walked up, and they called my name, and immediately I got, like, tunnel vision, and I was like, okay, don't fall when you're walking up the stairs. Uh And I could, like, feel my voice shaking, but I was like, I'm pretty sure people can't hear that because I've like recorded it and been like oh man my voice is shaking and it sucked and then I listened to it and I'm like oh you couldn't hear it I could just feel it uh-huh so I could feel it and I was like but I think this is still going okay and then I dropped my you know big first joke and got fucking laughs and I was like this is gonna be fun I got him from here <laughs> it was like we were so excited when we heard your name I'm like yes and then John's like oh she's gonna do good she's gonna do good I'm like I know she's one of ours <laughs> He's like, I'm a people collector. Yeah, a lot of your people got up on Monday. They sure did. It was great. (laughs) John laughs at me. He's like, who are we collecting next? And I'm like, I don't know if that's, like, going to be a proper term, and maybe I shouldn't say that. (laughs) But I'm like, this person and this person are ours now, and (laughs) they're all mine. I have a friend um, named Dylan Walker who does stand-up, and he's always really funny. And so I told him, I'd been telling him about Kill Tony forever, and he'd never been coming. And then when I told him what happened on Monday, he was like, okay, like, I'll go. And I was like, you're, you're goddamn right, you'll go. So you'll have a new person when Dylan gets there. Yay, I love people. You know what? I say this all the time, and I know it probably sounds like I'm the biggest ass kicker, kiss, <laughs> kicker, kisser ever. I fucking love that place. Dude, yeah. That's this is exciting. I walked in that place, and I'm like, oh, this is what home feels like. Okay. Oh, man. I felt like it just feels cool to be there. Like that, do you remember that night that you snuck up on me? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the listeners, I was walking to the comedy store because I'd parked far away. <laughs> and as I'm walking, I'm walking across the crosswalk for La Cienega and Sunset, and I am staring up at this like Jim Jeffries poster. And I'm like walking down the sidewalk, and I have my headphones in, and I hear someone's like yelling at me. And I, my like go to is like, don't look at them, no eye contact, nothing. It's probably just like someone being like, nice titties. And I, I don't. You do have nice titties, by the way. I know, but they don't have to shout it at me. <laughs> Just whisper it in my ear. Yeah, just like wink and be like, those are those are good titties. I'll be like, I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your professionalism. Um, but yeah, then I was just assuming that you were just like a creep. And then I could tell you were walking behind me. And I was like, okay, like you're like low-key being followed, but you're almost <laughs> to the comedy store. So like you'll be okay if you just play it cool. And then you ran up beside me and I'm like, oh, it's joy. It's not a murderer. And you're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> it's just joy. 
But then when we got into the comedy store, Jim Jeffries was like just hanging out at the patio. And I was like, I just walked by a fucking billboard of you and now you're right there with Whitney Cummings and it just felt cool. It does. You know, it's just, it, there's like, a, it's so corny to say electricity, but it's an exciting place. It is. And the people there, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some, there's always has to be the people who spoil it. But for mm. the most part, everyone I've met, yeah. I've collected. <laughs> I'm like, I like you. Yeah. You were nice. I'm keeping <laughs> you. It's great. Have you ever, have you ever seen or talked to Goat versus Fish? Okay, he got up on Kill Tony once, yeah, and that is the that. first time I've ever heard of Goat versus Fish. Oh, God. And John, for the most part, is a better person than I am, so he's <laughs> more calm, and I'm the one that's like, da, 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 da. So John was like, I don't, I don't like this guy. I don't like him. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? He's committing. Like, he's yeah. fucking pot committed right there. Mm-hmm. And... um then I started looking into him, and I've noticed a lot of people have been on his podcast that he does freaking in the basement, in the podcast room of the comedy store, which I've only been when I've done podcasts for, like, Guam. I'm like, damn it, I want down there. Yeah. And, um, so, no, no, yes and no. And one time he went up to me, and I was next to John, and he started, Goat versus yeah. Fish started talking to me. And John was like, I will be right back, and straight up just ditched me. He's like, babe, bye. You're on your own with Go versus Fish. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. I was like, I'd seen him multiple times at the open mics. And the first time I saw him, it was Christmas, and so he was singing, like, on the 12th day of Christmas, but it was all goats. Like, I got 12 goats and 12 fish and fucking shit like that. Uh And I was like, this is, like, a silly thing. He must be, like, a silly dude. And then, like, he kept coming back, like, month after month still just doing goat versus fish. I'm like, oh, my God, this is all this guy does. This is you. And then I walked past him on the sidewalk outside the comedy store, and I was like, he was talking to someone. I'm like, oh, my God, I need to, like, listen to him, like, have, like, a normal conversation. So I, like, stopped, pretended to check my phone. Uh But really, I was eavesdropping, and he's talking to a complete stranger about goats and fish. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is all you do. And then that night was the night he got called up on both the potluck and Kill Tony, and I was like, fuck you. Well, see, the potluck, I don't, I'm not surprised he got on it because the potluck, normally number one, is the weirdest name they find on the list. Oh, like If you notice it, it's all, like, I don't know. When we got up, the number one lamb on the list was Cat Daddy. Uh-huh. That makes sense. And then there's been, like, I don't know if you know who Evil Dick is. He's part of, like, the Ding Dong show. Yeah, part of him. Um, yeah, he got up. Miss, Mystery Dan. Like, everybody who has, like, an odd Mystery sounding... Dan on the potluck first. Yes. Oh, my God. Mystery Dan, I just found out, got kicked out of the Hollywood Hotel open mics. Why? Because even though he is a homosexual, I guess he was spurting out some... Stuff that the bartender wasn't a huge fan of. Shit. And so the bar, because the bartender, Johnny, he's super nice. I actually did a pod, this podcast in the storage room of the Hollywood Hotel. Really? Yeah, with Tom Whalen. <laughs> and then I think I'm going to do CJ too there. Yeah. And because Johnny's super nice. And I'm like, hey, is there a place I can just unload my table? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, go take the storage room. And he's looking at me like, you know, I'm so used to weird people, it'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I th- I don't remember. I think it was CJ was telling me that Johnny was just like, nope, no more, because he's in that bar the whole time. Like he takes care of all of the open micers. They do an open mic almost every night at the Hollywood Hotel. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
Hardest room. I still have not cracked that room. Oh, my God. I bombed so hard at the Hollywood Hotel. Oh, my fucking God. I, it's, I feel like it's not the comic's fault, necessarily. Because it's like a hallway. So you're telling comedy to people that are, like, to your left and to your right. Yes. And no one's in front of you. And, like, my comedy has some visual components. Like, it, a little bit is my body language. Uh-huh. And so I can't fucking... That's not a good room for me. Um, it's it just, like, it was hard. I... I, yeah, but I got one laugh on top and then no laughs for the rest of the for the time. Like my first laugh, I got I went up there and I was like, I'm loving the energy in this basement right now because it was like so dead. <laughs> uh-huh. Like everyone wanted to leave and I was like, There's a real your mother and I are separating energy in this basement <laughs> right now. And they laughed and then the rest of my set fucking bombed. And beforehand, the the like host had been complimenting me because there was a super drunk bitch who like her hair almost caught on fire. I had to move a candle out of the way so her hair didn't go up in flames. Oh my gosh. Um, and she like jumped up and started like heckling and then like picked up the microphone and started talking to the microphone <gasps> while someone was up there. It, yeah, it was quite a thing. And so I was sitting right next to her, but I wasn't with her and they knew that. And they were like, give it up for Alice Rose for like being like a sport when that crazy drunk lady was there. And then oh. he was like, you know, she's she's up next. Maybe she'll be funny. Maybe she won't be funny. Who knows? And then after I went and I bombed, the host came back up and he was like, Alice Rose, everybody, as advertised. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, that was pretty fucking good. <laughs> It's a rough room, but it's so hard to get a room that I get it why mm-hmm. it's stacked every night because yeah. people are like, fuck, it's a room. It's a rough. I have not cracked that room. I mean, I get like the pittery pattering laughs every once in a while. Yes, I got a handful of chuckles. But other than that, yeah. I also went up super late in the night and like a lot of people had left by that point. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a good amount of people who just like hang out in the lobby. And I'm like, you guys just wait for your name to get called, go up and then leave. You don't yeah. stick around to like listen to the other people do their sets. Like, fuck you. We didn't come here to see you. Welcome to LA Open Mics. <laughs> Fucking dick. People do that at the store, too. They'll, like, go up at the open mic for their fucking shot, and then they'll be like, oh, text me when I'm on deck, and then they'll, like, be at the bar the rest of the time, and then yeah. they'll, fuck you. Like, you asshole. Like, be part of this if you're going to be part of this. Right? Support. Like, I try my best. Like, when I did the potluck, I try. I wanted to stay, but I also want to go to Kill Tony because, yeah. you know, it's date Same. night, I too. Only, I only left to go to Kill Tony. I tried to stick around as long as I could. But I do my best. I know in a couple open mics, I'm now starting to be known as Mama Joy. <laughs> Which is really rough because these kids are like 28, 27, and I'm like, I'm 36, guys. Like, yeah, what, what the fuck? I'm not your mama. <laughs> but I've noticed, like, done this ever since, I don't know, forever. When I'm somebody... start making sex noises, by the way. <laughs> that's good. That's awesome. There's like a knot right there, and you're just like working it. It's super tough. Yeah, you guys have knots. When somebody says something sad, and I don't realize I'm doing it, I go, oh. And now they've all noticed it, so you'll hear, like, an open mic or go, oh, Mama Joy's in the back somewhere. <laughs> Is that what I'm going to be? Is that who I'm turning into? I have, like, I, I don't know why, like, I gasp. Oh, that feels super good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just turned you into a valley girl. I know. Oh, my God. OMG, that's so great. Uh, 
I, I will gasp. And so, like, when people will say something shocking, like, when people have comedy that is about, like, racist experiences, they'll be like, this person did this. And I'm like, oh, and they're like, whoa, like, it's okay. I'm just telling jokes. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm laughing, but also, whoa. Like, right. I don't mean, like, fuck up your set, but holy shit, someone was such an asshole to you. It's funny. Like, I'm so naive when it comes to a lot of things. And then hearing some of these comedians and what they've talked about and what they went through, I'm all, oh, my God, I need to learn how to bake cookies so I can bake them cookies. Yeah. They just, and it's funny, too, because I don't know if you've had any, like, trauma in your life, you know, that deep, dark shit that goes down and makes your comedy kind of crazy. What comic has it? Right, exactly. (laughs) But a lot of the times I don't think about mine, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've been through so much, you've been through so much, and then... People will be like, Joy, you were in, like, a pretty freaking abusive relationship for three years. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but then, uh. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, that's my shit, but whatever, but your shit, holy fuck. Like, right. Like, I yeah. have a hard time, like, oh, I do this. my stuff to other people. I do the same thing. People tell me their shit, and they're like, didn't your parents, like, beat the fuck out of you when you were a kid? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, like, your thing, holy fuck. Like, right. <laughs> like, I survived it. I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I'm fuck. like, that was whatever. Not a big deal. Hardly remember it. <laughs> like, your thing. Jesus. <laughs> Get help. Get therapy. Let me help you. I'll drive you. Yeah. Do you need a hug? God. <laughs> I know. I'm the hugger, too. I'm like, I'll hug you. And I'm like, just, oh, we can get wine. We we can cry it out. Like, <laughs> come over to my place. We'll get through this. I am a great listener. And then I'll write a book about it. And we'll yeah. be good. I'll yeah. give you all the proceeds. It's okay. Like, oh. Let's just do that. Yeah. It'll be it'll be dedicated to you, but I'll make the money. One <laughs> <What> money. <laughs> Only money I make is when I write other people's books. You write other people. You do some ghostwriting. I do. I didn't know that about you, girl. I do. In fact, um, what uh. I do is I write other people's romance books to pay for my books, so really? I don't have to take it out of like our bank. Like I feel weird uh. taking money from my children. Yeah. So I work and I use just my ghostwriting money for like covers and editors and marketing and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I feel like um, something I always noticed working in daycare for so long because, like, uh, my mom ran a daycare when I was a kid. She opened a daycare in our house when I was seven, and she actually still runs the daycare out of her house. And I was homeschooled, so I have been changing diapers since I was, like, seven years old. And I ran a daycare for three years, and I've been a nanny for, you know, since, like, 2002 I've been, like, nannying. Um, And I noticed that, like, in so many families, like, the husband will have, like, some sort of super expensive, like, mostly douchey hobby. Uh-huh. And the wife will just be, like, struggling away with the fucking kids. Like, there was, like, a guy at my church who, like, collected swords. And he <laughs> would, like, t- he like bring them and he'd be like, this is, like, you know, the sword of the spirit, some Jesus bullshit. And I would be like, he'd be like, you know, this one cost me $300. And I'm like, what the fuck hobby does your wife have uh-huh. that's, like, anywhere near what you have? Uh-huh. Like, I don't think she could drop $300 on what, some makeup or something, even though that's, like, not even really for her. That's for you, motherfucker. Like, right. I'm like, there's, I'm certain she does not have an equally as financially, like, burdensome hobby as you're fucking sword collecting. And it's like, always the dudes have these hobbies. So I think it's dope as fuck that you have your, like, book writing thing that you do for you. Yes, and then the comedy. I Well, I got lucky. I hate to say it, but my ex-boyfriend did a good thing for me. He mm-hmm. did everything wrong. So when I decided to go, like, put my toe back in the dating world, I was like, I'm not going to have this. I'm not mm-hmm. going to take this. And then I found John, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm going to just keep you. Yeah. You're 
mine now. Okay. And and he's he's been to every author signing I've done. People love John more than they love me. It's kind of <laughs> insane. And he's been oh, wow. to almost every comedy show. I mean, except he doesn't go to open mics, which I don't fucking blame yeah, him. That I completely understand. Right? I'm like, I don't want to go to open mics. If I could just do shows, that would be fantastic. My, uh, my soon-to-be ex-husband would come to uh, open mics with me at first. And then I would like... But they just go so late in the night, and he's got, like, a real fucking job. Uh-huh. You know, and I do I do too, but, like, at the time, I had, like, you know, fewer hours, and so I could kind of get away with, like, being out until 1 a.m. easier. Uh-huh. And so I never, I was like, hey, I, this one goes till 1 a.m., and even if I get called up at, like, you know, 1045, I'm going to stick around, because I always like to stick around, and, like, you know, it's you're fucking networking, you're making friends, and you're just being supportive and, like, a decent person. Exactly. And so he would, like, go at first, because he liked to see me, like, tell my jokes. And I would try to like run them by him and be like, does this work? What do I do? But he'd be like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear it until you're saying it on stage. Oh my God, John does the same thing. I'm all, but, but, but I need. I don't like, I want, I want like a second opinion on this. Like, how should I fix this, you know, tag and this bit? And he's like, no, no, no. I want to like be an audience member. You know, does it, does it sound okay? Does it sound right? And then like something will like bomb sometimes. Like on the way home, he'll be like, oh, you could say it like this. I'm like, where the fuck was that earlier? I have a hard time with that. John, he'll be like, oh, I liked it better when you said it like that and I'm like you know what motherfucker you get up on stage like <laughs> damn it yeah and I uh, I get kind of violent with him because I'm like don't say that and then afterwards I'm like yeah you're right but that first initial like don't fuck with me oh my god that's so good podcast listeners it's just that she's sticking her finger in my asshole that's yeah, all she likes it it's very tight <laughs> One of the tightest ones I've ever stuck my finger in. So. Oh my god! Oh well, you know I'm glad I'm up there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I there's sometimes when like I actually. I have a notebook that I keep that I just write down every single joke that someone who isn't a stand-up comedian is like, you can use that for your act. And they are 100% trash. Yes. And it's I'd write them all down because it's funny to go back and like listen to this like like you have no idea what you're doing. They're like, yeah, if you want. I've had that too. Like, if you want that, I'm all... Like, no, no, I don't want that. What the fuck am I going to do with that? No, you just put that in a yard sale. You go there. Yeah. You take that. Like, you know, why don't you say that in a microphone and see what the fucking room does? Gosh, I love it when people say that though i've got I've, or i've always been funny i think i could do stand up i'm like okay then go do ahead it. give it a try like get up there good for you like yeah. i that's how i felt i was like oh i'm funny i make people laugh when they're on the massage table mm-hmm. i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. you know and yeah i'm i'm like supportive like if it's what you want to try but like just like understand that like it's it with the people that go in and they're cocky about it i'm like i'm sorry i don't think that you're like a i don't think it's gonna work right the people that go in and they're like i'm really nervous i hope they laugh i'm like okay there's potential because there's self-awareness and they care yeah yeah the ones that don't care that I the mean, audience knows you don't give a shit the uh-huh. audience knows if you think you're funny and they're like fuck you exactly and you can see it too like i you can see who's gonna try hard mm-hmm. i mean obviously there's times that you're wrong and you're like oh shit that person surprised me yeah either good or bad but for the most part you can tell like who's gonna stick with it who's actually really cares about it who's yeah writes. oh my god i was at the Laugh Factory. Uh, the I've only been to the old Laugh Factory open mic once because it starts at 6 p.m. and I get off work at 6 p.m. so I can't get over there before. Uh, but I had the best time and I only went once and I got called up so I'm glad that it like my one time actually I got on stage. But there was this girl who went up and she was like a dancer and she had like stage presence. She had confidence. I was kind of laughing. Her, her shit wasn't super
super clever. She, there was a lot of physical aspects to it, which made sense because she was a dancer. Uh-huh. You know, like that was her kind of, you know. She was body self-aware. Yeah. Right. And so she was doing this bit about how, like, you know, you never see dancers fall. They always, like, gracefully catch themselves. And then she did, like, three sort of, like, you know, falls that turned into, like, spins and dances. And, what, and at the end, she, like, dropped into the splits. And the fucking host was so annoyed. She gets up there and she's like, God, don't you just, like, hate fucking pilot season? When oh, all of these fucking actors, their managers are like, well, you should try comedy, you know? Well, that looks good on the resume. Like, you know, there's no obstacles to fame in comedy. And the room was like, whoa, you're kind of taking some shit out on this bitch. She just came up to try to tell some jokes. Uh-huh. Like, damn. And the room felt like it was too harsh. And I couldn't tell if they felt like it was too harsh just because the host was a woman. Uh-huh. Like, if a dude had said that, they'd been like, oh, yeah, he's seen a lot. He's sick of this shit. Yeah. But she exactly. said that, and they were like, you're being mean. Why are you such a bitch? Are you on your period? And no. also, the girl who was a dancer was a fucking dancer, so she was hot. So all the guys were like, don't be mean to her. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's got feelings. I want to fuck. You know, the sad thing is, though, I've heard that, like, January to, like, March, mm-hmm. you will see this crazy surge of comedians because they're all like, oh, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to do comedy. So you see this huge, like, all the door guys were telling me about it at the comedy store, and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it'll go away in, like, March. And then they told me, too, that a lot more people have held on longer than normal. Really? Yeah. I wonder why that is. And it's true. Like, the um, agents do say, hey, you need to go try stand-up. Let's put this on your resume. Let's give you more of a bump. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've heard that before, but I don't like being mean to people's faces. Yeah. I felt like, you know what, it takes something to get on the stage in the first place. Right. You know, like, you have to have that, like, motivation to, like, chase a dream, even if you're someone who kind of doesn't care and who thinks that they're funny and you're, like, a dick. I'm like, you know what, I'll go into this with, like, an open heart, and if you don't make me laugh, I'm not going to fake a laugh for you. But, like, I'll respect the fact that you crawled up there and did your best. And, like, honestly, when they're, like, sweating, most of the time I feel bad unless they're just, like, a huge dick. Because there's some guys that get up there and they're telling their fucking, like, rape jokes, and I'm like, honestly, I will laugh at a joke if it's funny. It doesn't matter what it's about. Like, I have no, like, you can't laugh at that. But then you can tell some guys are telling jokes out of, like, entitlement and Uh not... The, like there's no wit there's nothing clever there's nothing even original about it no I completely agree and it's just like I'm like fuck you dude like you're sweating up there you're like having a terrible time you kind of fucking deserve that uh huh you seem like a dick in real life this isn't jokes this is like a rant and it's just like the people like I've said this a couple times I've said this on this podcast is the people who also get up there and they're like oh fuck I'm so high I oh, don't yeah. have any jokes and I'm like you know what fucking Richard Pryor would get on stage with coke and both nostrils and fucking slay the room. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your fucking excuses. You're wasting my time. I don't have a lot of time. I'm a fucking busy person. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're going to try and if you're nervous and you forget your jokes, but don't use oh, yeah. fucking drugs as an excuse. That makes me so angry. I know. Like, shit. Like, get your shit together. You know? I mean, we've all bombed. Like, fuck. I, the first time I bombed was on Kill Tony, and that hurt. Oof. And I wanted to go kill myself, and it was ridiculous. It was also in front of Mike Lawrence and Frank Castillo. Uh, right after Frank Castillo won the Roast Battle Championship. Oh, man. So, like, two of the most honed Roast Battle champs just slayed me. Just alive. roasted you. <laughs> like, basically. Oh, God. Why are you doing this? Why are you here? Who said you should do this? You know? And I'm like, oh. 
Jesus. Uh, but you know, you've been on four times, so you know, fucking bring it back and like redeem yourself. Yes. You know? Although the last time I got on was in November with Moshe Kesher, who I actually thought was going to offer you a job on Monday. Oh, as a nanny? Uh huh. <laughs> I I would have had to say no because like I just got this job that I it's perfect and I love it. And also they're the nanny hours that they would need yes. would be like the hours that I would want to be at open mics. That's true. And also like I'm sure they had the self awareness to be like having a nanny who's also an open micer is weird because we have to be like hey you know f- fold the baby's clothes and I'm like what about this tag you know like that's weird uh-huh. for that's them true. so I, I had a feeling that they had enough self-awareness to not do that her eyes did light up though yeah she was like oh I can ask these like some nanny questions I'm like nanny questions mm-hmm. how long do I have to spend with my child <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was fucking fantastic. great I'm like yeah I want to know the answer to that question because I fucking yeah I had a thought about like not like too soon jokes but like jokes that like people don't like think are funny uh-huh. because I have some things in my life that are difficult to laugh at like I've listened to people tell jokes about Black Lives Matter and been like like that th- I can tell in your joke that you don't quite understand Black Lives Matter so it's hard for me to laugh at but like they'll get laughs in the room uh-huh. and I'll be like you know like it's not that it's not that they can't tell the joke it's that I'm not the right audience for the joke exactly and so my whole thing about like you know even like rape jokes and stuff I'm like S- there are people that won't be the right audience for that but that doesn't mean that those jokes don't have a place and you know know? yes and that's why I feel I mean we need that in this world Mm -hmm. how boring would this world be if every joke everybody liked and everybody didn't like a specific joke yeah or you know that would everybody would be wearing the same clothing everybody would like the same music I think when people choose something different that's maybe not in the norm or just something that they like and maybe a thousand billion other people like as well that's where you get your passion from yeah I am a huge rock and roll metal girl Mm -hmm. and that's just my music that's what I connect with and that's where my passion for music comes from but then there's somebody else who has the same passion for I don't know why country (laughs) and it's just like we will never know (laughs) I don't understand them like maybe they were dropped on their head and I just lost like (laughs) my one listener but um (laughs) You know, it's just, and that's what I say about books, too, because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like romance, or my romance is not very Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's very dialogue-based. Like, I make my characters get to know each other before they see their no-no zones, which is not (laughs) my real life, because I showed my no-no zone to many people without even knowing their name. (laughs) Hi, kids. (laughs) So, um... And, you know, but then there's people who like the BDSM. There's people Mm -hmm. who like, there's women right now, the huge genre right now is male-male. Women love to read about men making out with men. Mm -hmm. And that's the great thing about it is there's so many things to choose from. Yeah. So there are times, like, comics will get on and, like, people will be laughing and I'm just like, ah, not my thing. But good for them for finding their audience. And who cares about me? I'm just one person. Yeah, just because I don't like the joke doesn't mean that 
like I should take down the joke. Like that there's something wrong with the joke because it wasn't for me. Exactly. You know, like I, yeah, that's what I think is that there, there's a right audience and there's a wrong audience. And sometimes you're, you know, you get like a mixed audience and it lands with some people. It doesn't land with other people. It's just like the people that it doesn't land with should have the like self-awareness to not write a blog about it. If you are in a room where it's getting laughter. Exactly. Cause like Dave Chappelle got into, I mean, he didn't get into trouble. He's a Dave fucking Dave Chappelle. Right. But articles were written about his Cosby jokes that he told in his stand-up. And I was laughing my fucking ass off at those jokes. And then he had his jokes about, like, Louis C.K. And I wasn't laughing at those. I was like, oh, he, like, these jokes come from a place where it seems like maybe he doesn't quite get how serious it was. Uh-huh. But he's telling them in the belly room and they're fucking getting laughter. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, I no, have to stop talking. I completely get that. <laughs> and there's a female comedian who is fucking enormous and good for her because girl power hell yeah but she tells a lot of jokes about dating and how like she goes to a bar and she dresses all pretty with like her sorority sisters Mm -hmm. your college experience was completely different from my college experience I never went to Vegas and wore like bikinis and played in the pool I was looking for the buffets (laughs) so like the Bellagio buffet by the way is fucking amazing there was somebody else told me about the buffet I talk about food way too much (laughs) and massage rooms but um somebody was like oh you gotta go to this buffet and I'm like all right I'll let's go right now like put your clothes on or not I don't really care which one you want to do <laughs> but she gets these huge fucking laughs and it mm-hmm. makes me so proud of her like good yeah. for you it's just not for me yeah exactly know? I'm the mom you know yeah there's lots of like super popular male comedians that like I used to like try to like look down on their comedy and I'm like no like they're getting their laughs that I'm not their audience and that's another thing too somebody was like oh, I don't understand my fucking shoulders I think it's my bra straps yes <laughs> right here too yeah um it's cause these fucking giant tits that yeah, I have I know I've got them too it's hard to lay down on the table like face down oh I know <laughs> I know. You like, have to like adjust and make sure that they're in the right spot. Like, okay, they're good. You just when I get people who have breast implants, they're like, "Don't pop them, but go hard." I'm like, "What?" Well. You gotta take one or the other. I don't know what you want. But last night when we were at the comedy store, we were talking to a couple door guys. And they were like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't understand why people can't be happy for Uh, other people's success. Yeah. And I go, because they're Uh, worried there's not enough. Yeah. And he's like, that's fucking it. And I'm all, but what they don't realize is it's fucking infinite. Yeah. You can grab, like, you can be successful. You can grab those laughs. And if you miss a couple laughs, it's okay. Like everybody, you can't listen to the same goddamn comedian do the same goddamn joke every day. Like you want some spice, and that's okay. Like you can't read the same book. Yeah, I actually enjoy a little bit. Like I'll watch a stand-up comedian who I know is I'm not their audience, and just to see if they have any jokes that do get to me, and Mm -hmm. then. I'm like, I, I enjoy doing that occasionally. Obviously, not a ton. I'm not going to like watch tons of stand-up specials where I'm like just not laughing the whole time. Right. But I think it's fun to be like, oh, that was good. I see where, like, uh, like I, I can see where, like, your kind of process is a little bit. Right. Whereas, like, the rest of this is just not landing with me. I relate to none of this. But yes. 
it, it kind of makes it that much more exciting for me when I'm like, I find a joke of theirs that I do like. I don't know. My favorite thing is when I can't guess the punchline. Yeah. Because a lot of the times, like, I'm already five steps ahead in the joke, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. But there is a couple times Argus Hamilton did it to me once, and it was one of the greatest feelings <laughs> ever, is he told this freaking joke, and I was like, ah, all right, it's going here. And he fucking took a left, a hard left, and I laughed. Like, I was all, oh, my God. Like verbally, like, yes, that is fantastic. Yeah, I felt like a, I, I think that the reason why my Gatorade joke does so well is because it takes turns that people weren't, like, expecting. Yes. And it's just sort of like, yeah, it's, there's like an unexpected thing. There's, I hate, I hate predictable comedy. I mean, I feel like uh-huh. everyone hates it, but. And it's there. And I mean, mm-hmm. it has and I have predi- Yeah, I have predictable jokes that have like little predictable tags on the way to like a punchline that I'm like, I have to do this for the setup, uh-huh. you know? And then you got to hit it hard. And then, oh my gosh. And it's a beautiful thing when it fucking works. Oh. Seeing like stand-up comedians that have like Netflix specials that have jokes that I can predict makes me feel a little bit better about like my comedy yes you know because i'm like okay that wasn't like the sharpest thing ever and you have a netflix special yes so like i just need to put in like man hours and like you know fucking own the stage good presence like know my shit and work hard yes I, I could do some of this, you know? Just process your dues and be like, okay, the, I'm giving my dues, I'm working my ass off, and then it'll pay off. Oh, everybody's like, yeah, but sometimes it doesn't work, and I'm like, yeah, but fuck you. <laughs> yeah, there's an element of luck, and we all signed up for that when we moved to L.A. Yeah. But, you know, and then it's just how hard do you want to work because there's yeah. people like, you know, the January to March people, mm-hmm. and then they just fade it away. And yep. Hopefully they find what they want to do because if they don't have the passion to keep going for it, then that that's okay. Find your passion. Mm-hmm. Just don't let it be little kids. Yeah. Because that's not good. You know? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay with uh, the pilot season people because it's like, I came to LA to do acting and I always wanted to try stand-up comedy so that I could be an actor. I thought like stand-up comedy will be like a quick way into acting, which is bullshit. <laughs> but when I started doing stand-up comedy, like I don't even go to acting classes anymore. I'm like, I like this way better. So these like, you know, these pilot season people who are just like dipping their toe in the water I'm like kind of okay with it because it's like maybe you'll like it maybe you'll find that this was the thing for you right you know and I've also like been in acting classes where someone comes in they're like I've been doing stand-up comedy but acting is what I really wanted to do and I'm like that's okay too yeah you know I why I'm not gonna be like no you gotta go back to stand-up so when I'm in stand-up why am I gonna tell someone like no you gotta go back to acting you know you can find find your passion exactly and yeah why limit yourself like mm-hmm. go like fuck poor John like every time he's like what's next and I'm like well since you asked we're gonna do this now and he's like shit you know the same with this podcast I've been oh god I've been having this idea to do this podcast for over a year now and it finally kind of just came to fruition because somebody's like I want a fucking massage you're gonna record it we're done like Chris yeah. Petrie was like I'm sick of you talking about it let's here do it, let's yeah. do it and um uh. yeah poor John he's like okay now what are we doing I'm like okay well we're still doing stand-up I'm still writing I'm still ghostwriting. I think I'm still a mom to your children. <laughs> and now we're going to start a podcast. And let's also go to the comedy store because I want to see about writing jobs now. So, yeah, and it. it's sad because massage is what makes the most money. I make no money in comedy yet. And um, same, same. Nanny's paying my bills. Yeah, exactly. And books, I uh, break even sometimes but um so it's uh, it's funny like this isn't the biggest passion but it's also 
the money. Well, it's making me very happy if that makes you feel better. She's got some crazy shoulders. I oh, they're fucked up. Oh my god. So you moved here two years ago? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, March 2016. Nice. I think my shoulders are also fucked up because I usually have a baby on my hip all day. Uh-huh. And that'll, and it's usually like, yeah, it's usually like one arm until that arm is exhausted, then I switch them over the other side. Yep. And so I just like wear my muscles down. Yeah. But I can't not hold the baby because he's so cute. Mm, how old is he? He's 16 months old. <gasps> I know. And I just like squishing his little face. Uh, he's, he's the best. He calls me Lala because that's as close as he can get to my name. I just fucking melt. He's the best. But yeah, he fucked up my shoulder, so thanks, kiddo. (laughs) (laughs) Parents need to give you a raise. (laughs) I know. You're like, my shoulders are raising to my ears. I need a raise in my bank. There's only so many massage casts I can do. Right? (laughs) I only have so many stories. I'm going to do well on Kill Tony every time I get called up because you're fucking awesome. Dude, I think it'd be so funny if I went up on Kill Tony and then just played the silence (laughs) and just got no laughs after just, like, doing, like, fucking so great last time. Which I, you know, feel like it was really great based on uh, all of the randos that have been in my Instagram DMs telling me that they were, like, pulling over their car because they were laughing too hard. So I'm not just, like, flattering myself. No, People have been telling me that I did well. I just sounded so narcissistic. I'm like, after I did so great. But I think it'd be hilarious if I just went back on there like, she's back, give it up. And then I'm like, so what's the deal with airline food? (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys see that one show? You know, the one. I saw a funny thing on the internet. Let me read it to you. God, I fucking hate that style of stand-up. Holy shit. So Wednesday, I did a show in the main room at Flappers. Yeah. And because I was booked in the main room, I didn't read what kind of show it was. I was just like, fuck yeah, main room, done. Yeah. It was a political show. Oh, shit. Yeah. After the second one, I was like, there's a fucking theme, and I don't do politics. Oh, no. So I went up to the house, and I'm like... A little, like, afro hairs are so sensitive. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No worries, you're good. But um, I was like, "Um, is this a political show? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh. Fuck. And one lady straight up dressed like Melania Trump. Holy Jesus. And read Donald Trump's tweet. Oh, that was like her bit? That was her bit. And I was like, I'm fucked. And I got up there and I straight up, I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't know this was a political show. I only have written one political joke in my life. And here it is. And I basically was like, do you guys wonder if Donald Trump's penis looks like a Cheeto? <laughs> and I'm all not the pretty puff kind, like the grungy, like deformed, crunchy kind. Fucking crinkle. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, and then, you know, Melania sees it and she's like, I'm gluten free. That's not going in my mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's my stance on politics, guys. Like, I don't care what they go for, what they want. I just want to know what their genitalia looks like. Mm-hmm. And we all know that Hillary Clinton's looks like the bad end of a rotisserie chicken <laughs> which is so disgusting but that um, well, that's all I have and then I yeah. just went into my regular stuff because I'm like fuck I think the only like political the closest that I ever came to a political joke is in the Gatorade joke instead of saying you know when I'm at Walmart I used to say when I'm in Trump country ah. but I thought Whole Foods and Walmart is funnier yes so I, I changed it and, like, it hurts a little less feelings for the Trumpers in the audience. Not that I give a goddamn about their feelings, uh, but... But your mom and dad might be there. Oh, I seriously thought they'd ever come to see one of my shows. My mom, I told them they can't. Yeah. She's like, Sissy, we really... I'm like, nope. 
She's like, but Sissy, nope. Luckily, I feel like I don't have to tell my parents I can't because I'd be like, hey, I'm doing stand-up now. And my mother would be like, is there swearing in your jokes? No. And I would say, yes, there is. And she'd be like, okay, well, that's just not really my sort of thing. So I think I won't go. And I'd be like, okay. My dad, he was like, Sissy, he's like, you use the F-bomb way too much. (laughs) And I go, what the fuck is the (laughs) F-bomb? And my mom's like, just let her go, Sam. Like, yes. She's your daughter, and she's not going to stop. And that's kind of where it went. Yeah, my mom, she's so cute. Like, I did a show on Christmas, and I posted it on YouTube. And it was a lot of Christmas jokes, so it wasn't very nasty. Mm-hmm. And my mom called me, and she's like, I liked that one the best. <laughs> she's like, I like it so much when you're clean. And I'm like, Mom, I shower before every yeah, show. every show. Every show. You think I'm going in there with greasy hair? No. Right? I'm like, I brush my teeth every <sighs> fuck is minty fresh (laughs) i posted my stand-up on my facebook a little five minute video it was like the seventh time i ever did stand-up and i posted it on my facebook so my friends could see because they've been asking about it and that in that version of the gatorade joke i say unless i'm in trump country Uh uh-huh and that's the one that's online and i thought my mom was going to not acknowledge it i thought she was going to ignore it i thought but then she like gave me the little like laughing reaction Huh. And I was like, okay, so you really are just dedicated to pretending everything's normal. You're like, like you're committed to this. Like, go. My my mom is goat versus fish level committed to yeah. never pretend, <laughs> never acknowledging that anyone is upset at each other. <laughs> Either that, or you're like, this is a trap. Yeah, this is a trap. I'm not gonna step into that. Yes, oh your God. shoulders are ridiculously tight. Ugh. You're going to have to drink a thousand tons of water tonight. I can and I will. And see, it goes by so Ugh. fast. We're already at like 45 minutes. Okay, that was so fun talking to you. It was fun. I'm so glad you and came. My back feels so great. And I made a lot of inappropriate noises. So. And it's awesome because hopefully, Ugh. you know, if people have their hands down their pants right now. It's okay. Yeah. Like, that's normal. We're yeah. all just relaxing in our own way. We're all sexual beings. Yeah. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of except my children (laughs) i don't want to be a grandma like i'm already mama joy let's not make it grandmama joy (laughs) so i can plug my social media my twitter is at just alice rose and my instagram is alice the word underscore completely spelled out and then rose alice underscore rose it's not the symbol it's the word uh jay shebang was like you broke the fourth wall of instagram (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's my social media. Stalk me, like my pics, blow up my DMs, do whatever you want. I respond to everybody. Hell yeah, and she's super awesome, and we love her. And I hope everybody is relaxed. And until next time, goodbye. Bye.